Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. There's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of concern. I mean, how long is this going to last? If we return to normal, what's normal going to be like? That job? Uh, What if I don't have a job to go back to? What if I don't have a business to go back to as a business owner? There are so many things and so many so many questions, and people are looking for answers. And guess who has the answer? We do. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special series related to the global coronavirus pandemic. As Pastor J.D. continues his teaching series, he'll be challenging you to be purposeful in preaching the gospel and ministering to the lost during this current global crisis. What the enemy intends for evil, God works it out for good. You know the truth of God's word, and you can be used by God to bring real peace to others. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone and Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 6, as he continues his message. How long, Lord? Luke is writing by the Holy Spirit, recording this, and he says, verse 20, Acts 27, when neither sun nor stars, which by the way, that's how they navigated their way, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. How many? We don't know. But I think it's safe to say this was for a very long time. This storm to me, when I see it through the eyes of the Apostle Paul, must have been so bad because of the strength of it and the length of it combined. And so for many days, they've already thrown cargo overboard to lighten the load on the ship. And so for many days, and yet the storm continued raging. And listen to what Luke writes, and I want you to pay particular attention to this next word. He says, we. Who's we? Everybody on board, including Paul, Luke himself, everyone on board, we finally, after all this time, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Wow. This must have been really bad. And you know what's interesting? Paul, at this point, had already been shipwrecked three times. Again, this was not his first rodeo, not his first shipwreck. He was a pro when it came to being shipwrecked. And now in this storm, he knows he could write the next chapter. He knows what's going to happen. Here's another shipwreck. Only this time, Paul has resigned himself to the reality that this is it. He's not going to survive this one. But we have a problem because Paul was told prior that he would go to Rome 
that he would stand before Caesar. He would stand trial before Caesar as a Roman citizen. That was his right. And he was granted that right. And God told him, you're going to go to Rome and you're going to stand trial before Caesar. But now they hit this storm and Paul's like, well, maybe I didn't hear the Lord right. I know he told me that I would go to Rome, stand trial before Caesar, but this storm was so bad (laughs) that Paul, even after being shipwrecked three times, had given up all hope, but God, as only he can, sends a reminder to Paul at night, at the very time that Paul and everyone on board had given up. And we have that in verses 23 through 25 of Acts 27. So here's Paul now, And he says to everyone on board, everyone, it's just a matter of time. And he says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. Now, why would the angel of the Lord say that to Paul? Do not be afraid unless Paul was afraid. Why do I point that out? Because it gives me great encouragement to know that the Apostle Paul, we're talking about the Apostle Paul here, that he too experienced fear, and he was afraid. And so the angel of the Lord says to him, do not be afraid. And now he's going to tell him why, and it's a much needed reminder of the promise that God had made to him. I think that for us, and I I don't think that God faults us for this. He knows that we need to be reminded of his goodness, reminded of his promise. And so he reminds Paul of the promise. And he says, you must stand trial before Caesar. And it gets better. God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Now he's going to go on to tell them that, uh, but... (laughs) We are gonna, we are gonna wreck, and the ship is gonna be lost. But not one of us will be lost, and so we're gonna have to uh, crash and run ashore. We will lose the ship, but we will be saved. So keep up your courage. Okay, here's where I'm going with this. Paul, like David, think this through with me both had a prior promise from God that they had to be reminded of when they were going through a difficult trial. Isn't it true that when you're in the heat of the battle, you're going through that difficult trial, the promises of God 
are so distant and far removed because we're so wrapped up in the difficulty that we're going through. So God is faithful. And you have to understand that David, again, whatever it was that kept him up all night, crying all night, weeping all night, soaking his pillows with his tears, just pleading with God, begging God, how long? I don't, I don't know how much longer I can go on. He had this promise prior that he was going to be the king of Israel. And in the darkest, it's been said, don't forget in the dark what God showed you and promised you in the light. And it seems that both David and Paul and many others with them and like them had done just that. The adversity strikes. And what happens? You start doubting. You start doubting the the promise of God. Not only was David promised that he would be and was anointed as a young teenager to be the next king of Israel, he would also not only sit on the throne, it would be from his lineage that the Savior of the world, Jesus the Christ, would come. He has that promise. But Whatever this was, and some suggest they speculate against, speculation abounds that this might have been during the time when his son, whom he loved so much, Absalom, had rebelled against him and had this coup that came against him. For those of you who were with us when we were studying through the Old Testament and we got into First and Second Samuel, I mean there were some narratives that were really hard to just even read them, let alone teach and study them. But can you imagine that Absalom, his his son whom he loved, David would say, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. He gave specific orders to his military commander, Joab, to not kill him. He disobeyed that, and he did kill Absalom. But Absalom did the unthinkable. But David at that point was given the promise that the Messiah would come. And yet in that trial, like Paul, in that storm, the promise he had from God, all of a sudden now you're starting to doubt it. And I mean, I could go on. There's a list. Like We could talk about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, as he's called. He's sitting in prison, and he's starting to doubt now. So he sends a message to Jesus asking him, are you the the one, or is there another one coming? This is John the Baptist we're talking about here. Even he was given to doubt, prone to doubt the promise and the goodness of God. I I think maybe one of the reasons I'm kind of overemphasizing this is because if 
someone like David, a man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the apostle Paul, John the Baptist, if, if men like these could have these times in great darkness, in utter despair, where they start doubting the promises of God that are yea and amen, then how much more? And again, I don't ever imagine that God faults us for that or holds that against us. I think it was Oswald Chambers who once said that God never faults a man for despair. So here's Paul. (laughs) He's reminded now of the promise, and so he holds on to that. He's encouraged. He tells the men on on board the ship to have courage. We are going to run ashore. We are going to be shipwrecked, but not one of us is going to perish. And who knew, God knew, that they would run aground on the island of Malta. And you know what happened, right? The islanders on Malta end up being saved. Had it not been for that shipwreck, those islanders would not have been saved. And by the way, back to this promise that he must stand trial before Caesar, listen to what he wrote at the end of his letter to the church in Philippi. It's recorded in Philippians chapter 4, verses 22 and 23. He's now closing the letter, and he says, all God's people here send you greetings, especially those, listen, who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. In other words, oh, he made it to Rome. Oh, he stood trial before Caesar. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, the household of Caesar, those there with Caesar in the palace, they get saved. Well, you probably know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point and we'll bring it in for a close. We too have a promise from God, don't we? It's really a twofold promise, and stay with me. First, we have the promise, the Word, God's Word, and God cannot go back on His Word. He's given us His Word. He will see us through. Lo, He will be with us even till the ends of the earth. He will never leave us or forsake us. We have that promise, and the many other others like it. But here's another part to that. Not only will God see us through this crisis, but I truly believe with all my heart that God wants to use us in the midst of this crisis. And that's how I want to end our time. Think about this. How many people right now have had their whole lives just, I mean, shaken to the core? The bottom has fallen out. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of concern. I mean, 
how long is this going to last? If we return to normal, what's normal going to be like? That job? Uh, What if I don't have a job to go back to? What if I don't have a business to go back to as a business owner? There are so many things and so many so many questions, and people are looking for answers. And guess who has the answer? We do. And we can give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. But here's the problem, they're not going to ask us that question unless they see something peculiar about us to ask us. You know, as Christians, I hate to use this Uh, word. It's kind of a uh, crass word, I guess, but for lack of a better one. You know, we we are advertisements for Christianity. And sometimes I think we can be a bad advertisement for Christianity when when the world looks at us and we're just as fearful as they are. And they're not going to ask us, any questions or ask us, hey, what's your secret or, or what's the answer to, I mean, I'm looking at you and, and you seem to be doing good. And you're just, you're going through the same thing we all are, yet you have this, there's something different about you. You, you have this peace, you have, you have joy, you're not full of fear, you're full of joy and I want what you have. So now you can give them that answer when you go out and you got the mask on. They can't see your smile, but they can see your eyes. They can see your countenance. They can hear it in your voice. And it can be something so simple as just a kind word. I've been doing this as of late. I I do wear a mask. I don't want to wear a mask, but I do wear a mask. I think it sends the right message. Um, if I had my choice, I wouldn't. But through the mask, and it's a, one of those cloth masks, but uh, I'll just, you know, it's all muffled and everything, so I, I speak a little bit louder. That's no problem for me. I can do that pretty easy. And I'll just ask them, just very, very simply, how are you holding up with all of this? How are you doing? And oh my goodness, the responses that you get are just open doors just to encourage them and say, hey, you know, I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. So when you, when you go through the checkout, you know, with all that toilet paper that you couldn't buy because there's none left on the shelves, and you, um, you say to them, or you, you ask them, how are you doing? How, how are you holding up? And sometimes they'll say, you know, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? And then I'll say something like this. And it's genuine. And by the way, people can tell when it's not real and not sincere. But I will say, I am so blessed. You know why? Because I am. I am so blessed. Oh, really? You're the first customer I've had all day that's ever responded that way. Actually, you're one of the first customers all day that even asked me how I was doing. That's all you have to do. I think people are watching us in the midst of this crisis. They're watching to see how we're going to, hey, I want, here's a question. I know you can't answer it. This is one of the 
things that I don't know that I'll ever get used to this. I, maybe I don't ever want to get used to this, talking into the camera. But I have a question for you on the other side of this camera, watching on that screen. I want you to think this through with me. Have you had people that you haven't heard from in a very long time call you, or even just kind of email you? Because they know you're a Christian. And have you had people that you haven't heard from for a long time start asking you questions like, how about this one? Uh, doesn't the Bible say something about this? Is, is coronavirus in the Bible? They look at how you're doing in the midst of this, and they're not doing so well, by the way. I mean, one need look no further than to the very disturbing statistics now that there's this stay-at-home order. I mean, domestic violence is up, divorce is up, prescription drugs for anxiety is up. I mean, everything is just going off the charts. How sad is that? How sad is that? And here we are, and we have the answer of that hope that we have, and we can give it to them. So again, I'm just going to say in closing, lastly, and this will be the last lastly, not only is God promised to see us through this crisis, but I want to take it a step further and say, that God wants to use us in the midst of this crisis. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I never thought I would ever be thanking you for something as unthinkable and horrific and catastrophic as this crisis that is global. But in a way I am. I'm certainly not thanking you for the destruction and the death that it's leaving in its wake in every arena of life. But what I am thanking you for is the good that you're bringing out of it, the result that is coming from it, the people that are getting saved because of it, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I just today heard a statistic about that the most downloaded from the internet files have to do with the Bible and the gospel. Lord, I mean, wow. If it takes this to do that, so be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 